Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Okay, 
All right. All right. All right. Wow. <laughs> Rats, I just want you to know. Well, Vivian wants us to know. Rats are not the only issue in New York. The coyotes are in the New York City area. They have been spotted in Claremont Park in the Bronx. But they want you to know, rest assured, that the coyotes are not dangerous. <laughs> and they actually try to avoid people. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not sold. But they do say that if you spot a coyote, you should call and report it. Mm, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be doing that. I think people are going to be running. Yeah, I don't think people are going to be telling nobody else unless they are scared out of their mind that they have spotted, you know, <laughs> the uh, coyote. Yeah, they're they not trying to do all that. They're not, people are not trying to do all of that. Well, you know, for those of you who are like Shantice and you really reject the fact that they are teaching you things in college that you really have no need of knowing and you're paying for this college education, well, they are now beginning to implement financial teaching in the schools during math class. Yes, they will be teaching credit, investing, loans, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. For those who have not already started that piece of education, yeah, so, you know, they did say that there have been some education in this area since 2020, actually, but those of us in the lower income areas, we are not you know, as privileged yet. So hopefully, you know, after the word starts getting out, they'll insist on implementing that piece of, you know, math class. Okay? Well, here was the talk of the moment. Out in California, the mayor has signed a bill to implement the Ebony Alert. Now, that is on top of the Amber Alert. Yeah, we know Amber Alert. It's been around since 1996. And word has it that they are not flagging enough brown and the lighter brown people. Yeah. So their numbers haven't been actually, you know, what they need to be in all the years that they've been in existence. They say 141,000 children went missing in 2022 alone. Now, I hope I got those numbers wrong. You know, I was kind of typing a little fast, so I'm hoping I added, like, an extra number on there, and it's really not in the six digits. Well, hopefully with the Ebony Alert system, 
they will actually be able to get more children, you know, uh, back home to their families because what they're saying is that we are not seen as missing more than we're seen as runaways. Yeah, they're looking at the brown people more as runaways, so probably they're not looking for us as much or as often or the same. So, you know, do you know that it's only been over 1,000 people, children, that have been returned back home since 1996 with the Amber Alert? Yes, I'm sorry. They need Amber Alert. They need Ebony Alert. They need some Asian Alert. They need some Hindu Alert. Yeah, they, they, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not criticizing, you know, but I have to say that you would think that since 1996, there would have been a few more children than that, you know, returned home. So they need to revamp the system so that more children are, you know, uh, returned home. I just want to know, what are they doing? You know, what are the means of getting the word out that, these children have been missing, that they're now missing. And that's what I want to know because I remember, you know, as Shanti's mentioned, the children on the milk carton. I want to know, are there flyers that are going on? You know, are you putting more children on the TV? You know, I don't look at the news very often, and I, I have noticed that, you know, they do have a child or two that do flash on your screen. Well, with 141,000 children missing in one year, we need a lot more awareness of these children that are missing. And with the sex trafficking and human trafficking going on, and that's the one thing that Sean Pete brought up yesterday, you know, with all of those children in that system, you know, of course they don't want the children found because now that puts a monkey wrench in their program so I don't know what we need to do y'all to increase the number of children whether they run away or not you know whether they run away whether they're abducted you know it doesn't matter why it doesn't matter who you know, actually has them. But we need to figure out a way to get them back home, but we need to find a way to really get the word out that the kids are missing. So, you know, I know you see every once in a while, you know, the children that they're searching for, like in the woods and, you know, things like that at the malls. But is there enough of that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't know, again, if you're putting it on the news, because I don't really watch the news. So I say you put it in the news feed. I I don't really get an opportunity to scroll very often on, uh, what do you call it, Facebook. But when I do, you only see the same stuff over and over and over again. So, you know, maybe they feel like they don't want to. But I look at it like this. Social media is free. We don't pay for any of these sites. 
So if you need to put more children there, then do so. If we want to enjoy the social media site for free, then give us more awareness. Where if we don't like it, then we'll stop using it. But that ain't happening because that's how people, you know, flow and get to be influencers and all of that kind of stuff. So they're not getting rid of that. And if they want, let them create something else where the children are not on. But definitely we need a way to get... Listen, if you can... If, if the scammers can get, what, $2.7 billion from us, from us clicking, then, yo, we can... We can put more children out there and let people know that these children are missing. Because we don't know why these children are missing. We don't know if they've been abducted by some whack quack or if they've been, you know, now a part, included in part of, as part of the human trafficking, sex trafficking community. Either way, Let's figure out a way to get these children out there so we can, you know, find them and bring them home. You know, I, I can't even imagine how they must feel, you know, to be taken from their loved ones at the spur of the moment. You know, nobody knows, you know, who they are and they don't know who anyone is. You know, and that, that's got to be pretty scary. It's got to be pretty scary. So let's, let's see if we can do a little bit more about that. Okay? All right. And that's how we spent our Wednesday. We had a nice little crew. Vivian joined us yesterday, and that was a nice little treat. She did very well. And uh, I'm glad to have her included in the circle. So, you know, we had a little nice little bonus yesterday. All right? Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we talk about our health. Yeah, we're already on this side of the week, y'all. God has been so gracious to us that we, you know, we have hmm, been introduced to Thursday, and that's a blessing. Because others didn't make it. Okay? All right. So, let's get this morning started. I've got a bunch of news. It's going to be Let's Talk About It Thursday. Because I've got a whole bunch of news that I want to talk about. So, join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. I look forward to hearing from you today. So, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. If we're going to say no to lupus, we need to know lupus. Lupus almost choked my life. No. 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 No lupus. No lupus. 
lupus is one of those things that takes over somebody's body and you don't know anything about it. There's certain things that I can't do, but I still get up every morning and do it. I really felt like maybe I might not be able to make it through this. Lupus does not discriminate. It can affect men, women, white, black, older, younger. I've had lupus for 10 years. I am 17 years old. I am 11. We've got to find a way to get through this. There is something we can do. There is hope. You just have to get involved. I haven't given up. I challenge you to know. No. No. No, Lupus. Go to lupus.org slash no. There is hope. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. I was going to say Wild Wednesday. It's Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, the day we talk about our health and some other things today. And I am so happy that you're with me today. Thank God that we are here on this side of the grave. And let's get this morning started. All right. Well, we got our health tip this morning. They have the things doctors want us to know about high cholesterol. Yeah, that seems to be a big thing. These days, you know, we did a PSA a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago about high cholesterol and women. So I wanted to give you a little more information about that. Okay? All right. Well, number one, they say you need cholesterol, but you can have too much of a good thing, okay? They say cholesterol is an important substance for life, but our cholesterol is often too high, okay? So when your doctors tell you your cholesterol is too high, they mean your LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, which is a substance that can create plaques which are sticky deposits, that block your arteries, okay? On the other hand, your HDL cholesterol is protective and makes sure the levels of LDL cholesterol in the body are maintained at a healthy level, okay? All right. And I learned something when I went to the doctor uh, a couple of weeks ago. For those of us who have 
diabetes, they say we really have to be concerned about our cholesterol, especially over the ages of 40 and 50 years old, all right? So we should be taking something, they say, to protect our bodies because there's a connection between diabetes and high cholesterol, all right? So ask your doctor about it. Ask your doctor about it. All right, the second thing, they say we look at more than just the total cholesterol number, okay? Well, they say if you look at total cholesterol, it's not all that informative because you need to have all the numbers to interpret them accurately. They say, oh, here we go. For instance, a person with diabetes needs a much lower LDL number than a person of average risk, it's very individualized. If you look at the most recent guidelines, it's not about the cholesterol number itself. It's the person's 10-year risk of heart disease. Wow. Wow. Kind of walked right into that one. Okay. All right. The next thing they want us to know about high cholesterol, they say it's not always what you eat that gives you high cholesterol. Wow. Okay, they say most of us have an average genetic risk for high cholesterol, but a small segment of the population, they say about 1 in 200, has an extremely high genetic predisposition to have high cholesterol. Mm. So if you fall into that category, people, a healthy diet and lifestyle may not be enough, but cardiologists can still get your bad cholesterol number down, though it may take multiple medications to achieve the goal. So, that should push you into the direction of eating properly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you paying attention? I'll be paying attention to this information. Cholesterol is really important. They say you'd be amazed at what a few lifestyle changes can do to lower your cholesterol. So they say maintaining a healthy weight, eating a diet that is low in saturated fat and processed foods, and exercising on a daily basis for 30 to 45 minutes, these are all things that can have profound effects on your cholesterol. Okay? They say in particular... These practices can raise your HDL level, which in turn can lower your LDL level. Okay, okay. All right. It's much more determined by how much saturated fat you eat, and trans fats also appear to be harmful. All right, so we got to make sure we watch the fats 
that we're taking into our bodies. All right, the next thing. If lifestyle changes don't work, we have excellent medications to lower your cholesterol. All right, so here's here's what I'm going to say to you. We all have the ability to keep these numbers in their right range. You know, I'm not even going to go into what they say about this. I think that that was enough. I, I think, you know, if you're predisposed, as they said, to having high cholesterol, those LDLs, opposed to the HDLs, then you need to make sure you take care of your body. You need to be looking into the types of foods you need to eat, the exercising or how much exercising or, you know, whatever we just read, whatever we just heard that we need to do to make sure you don't go into that high cholesterol area because you don't have to. You don't have to. Even if you're predisposed, you don't necessarily have to where now that's another med you're taking. I think that's, that needs to be the conversation in this particular area, not, you know, the great meds, the excellent meds. Anytime you're on meds, it ain't excellent. No. You know, that's not for our bodies. Our bodies are not meant to take medication. So see what you can do first about having, you know, a different mindset so that you can get your body under control. You know, this this is the temple of the Lord. And, you know, we need to definitely think on things differently. We talk about how we eat at least twice a week here on Eastern Time. At least twice a week. And I'm going to tell you something. We have covered, whoa, I mean, we have covered beaucoup things. A lot of different things we've covered regarding your eating habits. And if you ignore them, then shame on you. Shame on you. Because you're the only one who can control your body. Okay? You're the only one that can control your body. You don't want to go to the doctor now and you've got all these problems for no reason. Let's make sure we seek the Lord as to how to take care of our body, your individual body, because the way I take care of my body is not necessarily the exact same way you take care of your body. We all have to do some basics, eat properly, you know, get some level of exercise in, but everybody's health is not the same. You know, everybody's history, health history is not the same. So come on, let's get you know, ourselves together so we don't have to take, okay, we don't have to take any medication because that ain't cool. That is not cool. 
Alrighty. All right. Well, what are we talking about? Mm, what news do we want to talk about here today? Alrighty. Hmm. You know what? No, I think I'll say that for my who knows. Uh, okay. So we all know about this stuff that's going on, um, you know, across the seas. Yeah. Well, do you know that Senator Cory Booker was actually jogging when the attacks began? Yeah. You know, it's been real common to go over to, like, Dubai and Jerusalem and, you know, take those type of special trips. And nobody's thinking, you know, that anything is going to break out over there because everything's been so quiet, you know, with the Ukraine, you know, stuff going on. That's the only thing that anybody kind of focused on. But, you know, everybody's jumping up and they're going to these different countries and things like this. Well, he was actually over there, and they said he was jogging. So they say that thousands of rockets were launched. And uh, when he was advised by his chief of staff to get back to the hotel, and when you think about it, how much is the hotel going to, you know, shelter us, you know. They say he took cover in a hotel bomb shelter with others, and that included a lot of American people, and they say they were scared. And, I mean, do you really have to wonder that you were scared? And, you know, again, you know, you're, you're running for cover, but do you really think you know, that certain people who didn't, who did run for cover were protected, okay? And, you know, he he was really happy to say that, you know, although they were shaken, they were safe. And here's my thought, you know, what do you want to do? You want to get from over there. But do you now get into the airplanes? You ever think about that? <clears throat> How it must feel to be on the soil where they're having all of this activity and you are nowhere near home and you may have to kind of sit that out. That's got to be pretty scary. <clears throat> That's got to be pretty scary. So, you know, I don't know, you know, where he is. But um, it's, it's uh, you know, we're grateful to God, you know, for all the people that were protected. We know a lot of people lost their lives. So, you know, we're keeping, you know, all these people in prayer, these families, you know, who lost loved ones, you know, in prayer. 
Because, again, that's got to be pretty scary, you know, for somebody to tell you, come run for cover. And a bomb is a bomb. You would have to go to a bomb shelter in order to feel comfortable about, you know, being where you are, you know, and thinking no place, you know, um, or picking the right place to be safe. What else are we talking about? Mm. Wow. Talk about people who won't leave. So they've got this situation out in Southern California where this (laughs) tenant from hell exists. So there was a long-term Airbnb arrangement for six months. And it has now been a year and a half. And this person is not paying anything to stay there. So this Sasha, who is the homeowner, rented out the space at his L.A. home to an Elizabeth in September of 2021. She was supposed to leave in March of 22, but never did. So this Elizabeth has been living there for rent-free and has refused to budge unless the landlord pays her relocation fee of one hundred thousand dollars. Now, this is a, the reason why we're talking about this is because, you know, some people feel like they're locked into things, and I'm going to tell you something. We all would be going through hell. I, I, there's no way in the world I, I rent out my space to you, and I'm the only one going through hell. So check this out. So this chick's attorney said that the city never approved the unit for occupancy, and that the shower was actually constructed without a permit. So therefore, this Elizabeth chick doesn't have to pay rent. Now, we all know that, that I don't care where you live, that, that there's no way in the world that that would even make sense. Because if the place was illegally rent it out, then they would tell you to put the person out or either you'd receive fines for for illegally renting. So they have done the exact opposite. So there's a guest house on his property and he had been renting it out since 2019. And he had no problem until he rented it out to this chick. And, again, she was only supposed to stay for six months. And after the six months, she decided that she was going to stay. So they sued one another. And she said she ain't moving until he gives her relocation money to the tune of $100,000. So 
Airbnb bowed out. Now, let me tell you how they bowed out. Because what happened was when the six months came up and it was time for her to leave, they, the two of them, the, the, the landlord and the renter, agreed that she could stay one more month. She asked, could she stay one more month? So therefore, that became an agreement outside of Airbnb. So because they extended the agreement on the outside of Airbnb, Airbnb was allowed to step out because you no longer are within our contract. So <laughs> Homegirl somehow or another found out about this shower business or found out that she could stay and ended up doing so, and then the lawyer may have found that little clause and he's saying, well, the landlord broke the law when he tried to make money by renting out an illegal unit. <clears throat> and he's saying, well, you know, after he was caught, instead of doing the right thing, he resorted to bullying and harassment and filing lawsuits and making up stories. Well, to me... It ain't got to be no story more than you were here for six months. We agreed to one more month and you went past your stay. It ain't no story past that. I wouldn't have to make up any more stories because anywhere else you went, once you stayed too long, you stayed too long. Now, the fact, again, of this illegal shower business would only make it worse for the landlord that he would have to put you out. But I'm trying to figure out oh, so wait, wait, wait. Let me go back a little bit. So how, how did they come to the $200,000 thing? So here's how this works. Somehow or another they say that in um, Los Angeles they have this thing called the Just Cause Ordinance. And what it does is it protects the tenant at the end of their first lease or six months after lawful occupancy. And under the ordinance, if they have, they have a tenant no-fault eviction. And it would require them to pay the relocation assistance. Now, that is so much different than what we're talking about here. Because a no-fault eviction means that, you know, sometimes they want to, they find reasons to put you out so that they can increase the rent and they can get somebody else in there. That's what's called like a no-fault eviction. Like, there's no real reason why you should be leaving, but they make life horrible for you. And if they want to do that, they're like, all right, you can go ahead and do it, but you got to pay for them to move. You can't just put them out. So that's like a protection for the tenant. But that's not this case. The person won't leave. 
you were supposed to leave in six months. You won't leave. So therefore, listen, you wouldn't have no water. You wouldn't have no light. You wouldn't have no heat. Well, you know, in California, you know, but you wouldn't have no AC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be miserable. And even if you destroyed my property, you wouldn't stay there. No, we, we, we all, you ain't, I ain't going to be the only one miserable. You're going to be miserable. Listen, since the, the, the uh, shower is illegal, we can fix that because I turned the water off. It's illegal. You're throwing up in my face that the water, that the shower is illegal. So I can't run water in an illegal shower. Oh, it would be on. It would be on. You would you'd get tired of running back and forth the court. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, you know, these people, you know, it's their business to make it, you know, hard for you. It, I mean, it really, it really would be, um, it really would be a hard time for all of us. All right, I found this story. And I wanted to bring this up because this is almost the I told you so type of story. So check this out. There's a woman who's been taken hostage. At She was taken hostage at the Israeli Music Festival. And she didn't tell her family she was going because she didn't want them to worry about her. No, wait till you hear the story. So pretty much, here's what happened. She kind of, She's 25 years old, and she went to this um, music festival. But again, she didn't tell her family that she was going to the music festival. So her family didn't know where she was. And she didn't tell the family that she was going to the music festival because, check this out, it was near what they call the Gaza Strip in southern Israel. And this particular area is known for the miscreants. And they don't like for people to go that close to this area because when things break out, this is the first place that hell breaks loose. So she didn't tell the family that she was going because she said she didn't want the family to worry about it. Well, guess what? When it all broke out, they stormed the music festival. Yeah. That's how she got taken. She was partying, they say, in the south of Israel at a music festival when the people kidnapped her and took her and some other people. And she, at this point of the story, was being held hostage. And 
the, the reason why I brought this up is that this is one of those like coaches, those post stories. You know, I remember when we were growing up, you know, your parents, you know, you snuck around and, you, you know, you didn't always tell them where you were going and, you know, you said, I'm going to Mary's house, but yet you were over at some party or you were over at somebody else's house, maybe even your boyfriend's house, whatever. And, you know, you thought you were being slick. So here you have this young lady, 25 years old, so you say to yourself, well, you know, why would she have to lie about where she's going? Well, here's the reason why. Because she's been, you know, raised to understand that this is not the area that we want you in. And here's the reason why we don't want you in this area. So you decide you're going to go to this area anyway. And the time you decide you want to go to this area, all I was doing was going to the music festival. But look what ended up happening. Now you held hostage. And this has been one mess because, you know, there's quite a few of them that were taken. Quite a few of them that were taken. And now, you know, what are you going to do? Now, you don't want your family to worry. Well, they really worry you now. They really worry you now because now you're actually being held hostage. And what can they do? Nothing. So, you know, maybe this is a story you can tell, you know, your people, your children, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, you know, just pay attention. Be obedient. Be obedient so that we don't have this kind of an issue. It would have been so much simpler for you not to you know, be there than for you to be there and now you're taking hostage. And I really, when I saw that, I was like, wow, wow. That was that was like, that kind of took me because, you know, I have a young, I have a daughter, a younger daughter, and 25, 25, and you pray that, you know, the things that, they tell you, you know, is the truth. You hope that they're telling you the truth. You know, even at 25, you're still, you know, in this particular case, you're still sneaking around and you're still saying you're one place and you're really another place or you don't tell people where you're going. And a lot of times when you ask where you're going, everybody's huffing and puffing and nobody wants to tell you, nobody wants to answer, you know, and look at what happened. So I definitely have every intention on giving this story to her. And hopefully, you know, this will, you know, jolt her into just doing the right thing if she's not already doing the right thing. Well, there's one more story I want to talk about. And I think this is really interesting. So you've got this whole thing now on these airlines and one being American Airlines, 
but they're not the only ones where these people who have these biracial children, so, you know, you're white and you have, you know, a child who's black or you're black and you have a child who looks white and they've been traveling on these airlines and when the flight is over, they're being approached by um, the authorities. So you have this one incident where there's a musician who was traveling with his two biracial sons on an American Airlines flight. And when he got off the airplane, he was approached by the employees and four police officers. So the flight attendant had alerted them prior to their landing that this was a potential kidnapping. And what they did was they approached him and started asking the kids questions. Yeah. He said they went, and I mean, he said they went in. And he said, you would have thought he had some kind of grenade or something. And they started asking the kids all kinds of questions. And afterwards, um, they found out, you know, that, oh, these are your children. So he said that he tried to, you know, get to customer service. And nobody answered. And after he posted a video of what happened, he was then offered an apology and 10,000 frequent flyer miles from the airline. And he said he had to go through a ticket counter. He had to go past federal agents. And he said it should stop there. I don't you know, says, I don't want to hear from a flight attendant about the hunch, you know. And unfortunately, this is not the only time this has happened. It seems to be some surge. Even a woman who was traveling with her daughter on Southwest Airlines was accused of trafficking her biracial daughter back in October of 21. They said her daughter was 10 years old at the time, and they were traveling from San Jose to Denver after her brother's death. And yet again, they were on the plane. They took the flight, no problem, but when they got off, she was met by a police officer. And again, of course, they had to question her. They had to question daughter. And, you know, can you imagine all of the questions that they have to ask these kids? So she says the officers began questioning and made it clear that they were given the racially charged information that she was possibly trafficking this little white girl 
no, I'm sorry, this little black girl because she's white. She's black. After some significant amount of questioning, when the little girl started crying is when they, you know, walked off and, you know, apologized and, you know, said that, you know, they were just double-checking. They say in 2022, there's another gentleman who's white, was also of trafficking his two Hispanic daughters on a Spirit Airlines flight from New York to Fort Lauderdale. And he was approached by the airline staff and three county sheriffs after deboarding the plane. And he said he was asking them, this is a joke, right? And they seem to be going buck wild with this thing because of all of this supposed, um, and I'm not saying supposed human trafficking, but because of all the supposed human trafficking. Now, this gives you carte blanche to harass people. What do you do at this point? You know, you stop, um, what do you call it, uh, supporting, you know, these airlines. You know, for the one who was offered 10,000 frequent flyer miles, they'd have to give me something else because that means you're trying to keep me on your, your airlines. I'm not riding your airlines after I got this treatment. Hmm. Let's talk about D-Time Crew and see what they have to say. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. How are you? Ah, I'm okay, thank you. Happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday to you. So, how are you feeling? I am well, thank you. Thank you so much. Good, good. All right, think about this tender from hell. You know, they they decide they're gonna, they've been there for six months. They decide they're going to just kind of chill for this indefinite amount of time because supposedly you rented this place without this legal bathroom. And now in order for you to leave, you have to pay me $100,000 for my relocation expenses. What do you do? Well, you know, it, it, it's hard for you not to want to do something because I own this property and now you're just kind of squatting here. You know, um, you're going to do whatever it is that you want to do and I'm helpless to, you know, my hands are tired. I can't do anything, you know, and that, that's really complicated because it's like, you know, if you attempt to do something and you get caught, then there's, then there's repercussions for you, and you own the property. You know, and then if you don't do anything, then this female gets to get over. That's not fair, you know, and, and, and I think that's, that's really a hardship because, you know, um, even in just, you know, being advised, you know, that it, it makes it seem like, you know, it makes it easier for the tenant as opposed to the person who owns the property. Hey, like, you know, you, you would think that, you know, me being the property owner, that I would get more rights, but in this instance, she's getting everything, you know, and, and 
he's only getting a hard way to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, would you sit there and let this go on? I, that, that's really difficult <laughs> because uh, there's a situation that I'm aware of that um, we're in right now that is very similar. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you clearly don't want to say what you would do, so we're going to find out what Shantice would do when it's her turn. Um, but, I, you know, as a, as a, as a landlord, I, I, we wouldn't be running back and forth to no court alone. If we running back and forth to court, oh, I, I, there, there's going to be a reason why we running back and forth to court. Because I'm clearly not going to allow you to take advantage of this situation. You know, if, if clearly you've been bathing for six months. Oh, well, you must be fine. I had no problem bathing all this other time. Now, all of a sudden now, you know, there's this issue with you here. No, you want $100,000 to move? You know what? What kind of new fool do you think I am? These people are something else. These people are something else. All righty. Well, what about this issue of this young lady? She's 25. You know, someone would say, you know, well, she's an adult. Why should she hide or lie about where she's going or what she's doing? But look what ended up happening. The very place that they've been keeping her from is the place she ended up in, and now she's being held hostage. What do you think about that? Did you go through that issue where you would tell your parents you were one place and you were really another place? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um. So I, I I didn't really lie and say I wasn't going. I just kind of avoided verbalizing, you know. And it's kind of funny because my mom had said, okay, don't go over there. So I wasn't over there, but I was near where she told me not to go. So I figured, oh, well, if I don't necessarily tell her that I'm not there, you know, that I'm going nearby, but not necessarily right there, that it wouldn't be a problem. But she told me not to go anywhere near that area. Well, I just didn't tell her that I was going and uh, at all. And when I got there, it was one of those places um, down in the southern part of North Carolina where it's one way in and that same way out, you know. And she, she always told me, you know, whenever you go to a place, make sure you know the entrance and exit. And, you know, prayerfully there is a different entrance than there is an exit. Well, I didn't know anybody, you know, and I'm right. like, hey, what's the worst that can happen? You know, and I got there, and we were laughing and giggling and having a good time and dancing and partying, and all of a sudden a fight broke out, and they started shooting, and they started shooting in the building, not outside, so in the building. So, of course, you're talking about one door in. So where's everybody going? Heading for the door. And I, when I tell you people got trampled over, people were screaming and hollering, and, you know, some people were in pain. And I was going towards the door when a friend pulled me and had me kind of laying behind a table. He turned the table sideways, and so the table was in front of us, you know. And they had security, and they eventually called the cops, you know, and they, they 
um, de-escalated the situation, but that was that was probably the one and only time that Mama said, and I did, and I won't anymore. <laughs> mm, so you had to learn the hard way. Commission. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, for the record, people, when you don't say, you're lying. People like to uh, dupe you into believing that, oh, well, I didn't say it, so I didn't lie. Yeah, you're lying. When you don't say it, you're lying. If Al child got today, she'd tell Al he was lying. So, you know, it's uh, that's the technicality of not saying where you're going. Um, yeah, you can't get out of it that easily. And you know what? Just like I said, as a mother, look at what happened. You know, she's, uh, she got caught out there, you know. Did your mother ever find out what happened, Tamika? Oh, yeah. I spilled the beans. I was like, Mommy, you told me not, you told me not to do what I did, and I didn't mean to. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, when I tell you I spilled the beans, I spilled the beans. I told her where I went, who I was with, what time we got there, what time the, the fight broke out, and what time we left. <laughs> wow. Okay. All righty. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Now, what do you think about this whole biracial, um, uh, what do you call it, um, why am I stuck for the word problem? That's not the word I want to use, but for lack of a better word right now, problem that these people are having because their children are, you know, a different color than them, and now they're putting on this issue of, hey, you know, well, we thought that this was possibly a sex trafficking human trafficking issue so now we're this is why we're raising the alarm what do you think about that I think it's an excuse for you to step outside the line we do understand that sex trafficking happens but we also understand that sex trafficking happens with the same race as well you know so it's not just somebody from a different country you have you have sex traffickers right here in our state, in Brooklyn, you know, in, in the state of New York, in Brooklyn, in all five boroughs that you just may not be aware of. And for you to, you know, assault a parent um, with that type of, you know, um, foolishness, if you ask me, that that's just really, really crazy. And, and my heart goes out to um, those that were affected. You know, I, I it's kind of ironic. I have a cousin who um, who married a white gentleman very nice gentleman, and they're, 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 they have a wonderful, loving relationship. You know, they gave birth to um, a daughter, and she is very, 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 very fair skin, beautiful long hair. When she was a baby, I kept saying to her, you know, in jest, they're going to take her away from you because she doesn't look like any of us. You know, all of us are dark skinned. She's very, very light skinned. And, you know, she has the, you know, she has the features if they're looking for it, she looks like her mom. She also looks like her father, you know, and as she has gotten older, you know, she still looks more like her father than her mother, you know, and I, I was joking back then, never thought, never phantom that now we would get to this area, you know, that 
um, you would come upon, you would take it upon yourself to um, even verbalize something like that. You know, how cruel, how, you know, and then you flat, you put salt on the wound by saying, oh, well, we're going to give you this amount of, you know, you can fly with us. I would, there's nothing that you could give me um, that would make me want to fly your airline. After the disrespect, total disregard for me and my family, no. I would never fly you ever again, and I would tell everybody I know, not only just the, the, the video, I would make sure that every day of life that somebody would know, listen, I flew this airline, don't you fly this airline, and let me tell you why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They that one. And, you know, it's funny because, again, you know, you're talking about um, an issue of these people, you know, when he was reaching out, Nobody would answer. So now all of a sudden, you going to answer after I put the video out? Nah, we're not playing those games. We're not playing those games. When I was trying to reach out to you, you know, nobody was paying me any attention. Now all of a sudden now, I'm going to get the attention? I don't think so. You would want to pay me attention that first go around or either, uh, mm-mm. So like you said, I wouldn't take their, their frequent flyer miles either. You know, that's no consolation to me because I don't want to use your airline anymore. So now you're going to give me 10 No, you want to offer me something? Offer me, I ride for free for life. That, that, that to me, that, now that's an offer. Outside of that, nah, we good. We are good. You ain't got to worry about me. Intent more. So it, it's, it's really, you know, it, it's really bad, you know, and this is the way they handle their business, and now it seems to be it's not just American. There's Southwest, there's Spirit, you know, so there's several airlines who are actually doing this to people, and, you know, the risk of you not paying any attention. So let's say for argument's sake, you didn't pay any attention, and now the children were being trafficked. You know, oh, I don't want that on my conscience. I'd rather say something than not. Well, unfortunately, this don't seem to be working out very well for y'all. Y'all need to have some other criteria to kind of, you know, compare it to because it seems like y'all keep getting it wrong. They have yet to promote the fact that, oh, you know, thank God, you know, an airline, you know, a flight attendant spotted someone and they were right. Each time y'all been wrong. Somebody is doing something right. So, mm. well, thank you so much for joining us. We've got uh, a little scarce, uh, what do you call it, a little due time crew today. It's just you, Shot, and myself. So we're going to make the best of this today as we always do. So thank you so much for joining us today. Let's see what Shanti has got to say. Let's say good morning to Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Oh, boy. Do we have a yes, bad connection? It's just you and me today. <laughs> it's the Tamika show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. We better find something else to talk about, girl. I don't know what's going on over there. I guess uh, we'll have to 
figure something else to talk about. All right. Well, what, what other stories do I have today, Tamika? Oh, you know what? I'm telling you a story. Something else before we go any further. Maybe you'd like to talk about today. Mm, that's oh, that's a big one, deep one. Oh, she's okay, here. Okay, well, you think, you think, you think, you, 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 you get those juices flowing, get those juices flowing. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good, that's good. All right, so some uh, situations here going on in these stories. Let's see what we're talking about here. We have the, the tenant from hell. You know, you claim that you are staying until somebody gives you some $100,000 for you to relocate. And otherwise, you're not moving. What do you think? Would that person live peacefully? Absolutely not. And I don't know how you think you're going to live peacefully when you know someone doesn't want you there, but yet you're going to stay anyway. So you want all this money, and I'm not leaving until you think you're going to get utilities and you think you're going to get, or no. That that you should be afraid because now you don't you put them in the position to do anything. Right, right. That's my thought. I'm a really yeah. You should you should be somebody don't want me. Yeah, right. I was Mm -hmm. kind of thinking the same thing. Mm. You know, absolutely not. These people (laughs) they don't think very they don't think very clearly. They don't think very clearly at all. And that was one of the things that I thought about Shantice, you know. I got keys. Um, I have access, you know, to some people have been so vindictive. They burned the place down. We've had stories like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a chance you want to take. And, and I, I just said that to someone yesterday. They asked me, oh, do you... Um, do you know anyone, um, how do they phrase it? Pretty much like who has apartments or anything. And I said, well, what you don't want to do is move in on someone else's property. And what I meant by that was like, you know, someone owns a home and you may move into their basement apartment or you may rent a room out in the house, especially if they live there as well. And they were like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And I was like, I'm, I'm just make, making sure, you know, because this, this isn't like back in the day where it was a lot more convenient for you to do so, you know, um, because now you have all of these issues. you moving in, especially when they also live there. It's a whole lot. You got to deal with them. They have to deal with you. And then as a story, like the story, things go wrong. Now, if you want to stand your ground, even if it is a situation where you want to stand your ground, you're like, okay, listen, I'm not going. It's really not worth it. It's just too much going on. People are snapping out of nowhere for less. It's, no. It is, I know you'd probably rather yeah. live in a, a house than a building. 
but it's just a little safer to just move it. Even it may be even a little safer. You know, some people buy homes and then they rent them out, and you know they don't live there, and they may rent out. You know, if the home is broken up, they may rent out the basement to one family, the first floor to another family, second floor to another family. That's a little safer, you know, than you being in a house and the tenant, I'm sorry, the landlord is upstairs and you're downstairs or the landlord is downstairs and you're upstairs. It's just too much. Well, I, I want to talk about the time when we went away and the landlord, we used the Airbnb, and we, oh, I didn't realize oh, that the landlord had, was actually, oh, had been in the space when we were oh, out. Oh, no. I would, no. In the that, no, that, did you ever report him? Because that, that was, if no one, if you haven't watched the movie Intruder, if you haven't watched the movie Intruder with Megan Good and Michael Ely, Watch that movie. I could not believe. I'm like, I know I don't drink anymore. We come back and open the door, and from the outside, I see him at the microwave. And I'm like, I don't drink no more. I know I'm seeing someone that's not one of us at this microwave. And then you bring your kid upstairs so we can meet your kid, like we ask. People are crazy. People are crazy. There's no way. If you rent, first of all, that was our first time renting an Airbnb, and the owner was there. The the owner was there when we've never, we've never, ever, ever come across the owner. It's okay. You're there. All right. Fine. So you got a whole <laughs> apartment, fully loaded apartment downstairs. There is no reason for you to have to come upstairs. You got more downstairs on that one level basement than we got in the two floors, in the two floor part upstairs. Okay. Then you up there in and out the backyard with your child, heating up food. I was just like, no. No. Mm-mm. And pe- people really don't understand. Yeah. Had this been a different type of mood, <laughs> he would have yeah, got more than group of people. Her. It wouldn't have mattered that you were the yeah. owner. Yeah. This was, that was, it was a bit much. No. When he opened up the door, <laughs> he let us in. Like, like wow! I see. I didn't see that oh, part. Boy. I didn't see all. All I saw was him at the microwave because y'all walked in before me. <laughs> I just saw him at the microwave. I didn't see him at no the way. Microwave. I saw that from outside. Yeah. I didn't see him at the microwave. I didn't see him at the microwave. You know, he opened the door for us, uh, Tamika. He actually he opened the door. We went. I went to put the key in, and when I looked up. He was letting us in, and I'm like, "Oh, is this what happened? Oh. <laughs> why are you why are you here letting us in? That mm. so right then and there, he didn't realize he lost my business, and it was a really nice space. It was actually a very nice space that mm-hmm. we would have definitely 
going back to. It was a little on the expensive side, but I mean, it it, it, it was a nice space. And well, that's when why he, I was right charging for the doorman. That that's why it was expensive, Pastor. We had to pay for the doorman. We had to pay for you know. I guess oh he was God. warming up the microwave the for us. I you know, it was like no. Uh-uh. That was that was a bit much for me, and I didn't say anything to the group. But I was like, oh, he ain't got he ain't got worry about Stephanie no more. You just it's just certain things. And like I said, I don't have to. I'm not very vocal about everything. But I didn't already made up my mind about a lot of things, you know, in, in, internally. And that there, when he opened up the door, I was like, nah, that's all right. Cause he, I don't need you to open up the door for me. You you gave me a key or the keypad or whatever it was. You don't have to let me in. And, and no. So, do you know, these Airbnbs, and see, I'm not accustomed to that either. I'm not accustomed to renting an Airbnb, and you're on the premises. <laughs> you know, you're, you're there. <laughs> exactly. You're right on, you know, you're on the spot. Normally, you know, this is another, you know, um, location that you have. So, no, I, I'm, I'm a, I was disturbed. And like I said, I didn't say anything to the group because I didn't feel I needed to. But, now nah, you ain't got to worry about this no more. Had anybody say, oh, what happened to that place? I know. We good. No, I'm not going back there anymore. And, you know, he kept saying, you know, give me five stars so that, you know, um, give me five stars. I give you five stars. You know, you're welcome to come back. No, it's it's okay. We good. We are okay. So, you know, when it comes to these Airbnbs, you know, it's not just the tenant who could be the tenant from hell. You can actually go to you know, a place where the where the landlord is, is questionable. And this in this particular case, the landlord was questionable. So oh, I was good. I was good after that. I'm like, no, thank you. You could have let me come for free. It would have been all right. That, that's quite all right. So, oh, all right, Shanti. Let's talk about this issue of, you know, the young lady. She's 25, so she, you know, she might very well feel that, you know, I'm an adult. I don't have to tell anybody where I'm going. But her excuse was, hey, you know, I didn't want my family to worry. So I didn't tell them where I'm going. And, you know, they always told me I can't go into this area. I shouldn't go into this area. And I decided I was going to go into this area. And lo and behold, when the when when all hell broke loose, that was the first place they went to and took hostages, and I ended up being a hostage. Did you ever tell you were going in one place and you were really at another place? Hmm. Yeah, when I was younger. All the time. All the time. I'm going to the corner store. I end up in another borough. You know, I'm going hmm. here, I'm there. Absolutely. As I, as I got older, <laughs> in my thirties, <laughs> I started learning. Everybody needs. I'm, I'm taking the garbage out. Hello, I'm taking the garbage. Watch my location. I'm going to the garbage out right outside. I'm going there. Okay, you saw me. I'm going there. Okay, I'm going to so so and so. It got to the point where, but I said I, I said my we share our locations with each other. Everybody in the church, and I I was in 
I have to go to Brooklyn to a school and ended up linking up with someone I used to go to school with and we went out to eat. So I was out there a little longer. And anyone who knows me knows I don't really do Brooklyn. So it was like 8-something, and I got a text like, what you doing in Brooklyn? And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I'm out eating. I didn't even put anyone on alert because, like, I just ended up, it was unexpected. But, no, there's way too much going on, and that's something that I try to stress a lot to the younger people now because there's this misconception that one of the ways to determine that I'm grown is to let it be known that I don't have to let you know where I'm going. So that's one of the ways that it's determined that I'm an adult now. And I'm like, that's one of the ways to determine that you're very immature now because there is way too much going on. And, you know, your your family or your friends may not agree with where you're going, and that's one of the reasons why you don't let them know because you know you ain't got no business going where you're going for, for the most part. But... Now, no one is on alert if something happens. You know, it could be where, let's say, you get abducted or something at 5 o'clock, and let's say if your people, for whatever reason, gets alerted somehow, whether it's because you you would normally text them or if they call, if, if you miss a call, you would normally call back by, like, 5.02. At least that two-minute window might make a difference. But now, if it's 5 o'clock the next day, or whatever, because they used to you snapping at them and y'all arguing because you don't want to know. It, listen, let your people know and be and feel understand that you're blessed to have people who care about where you're going. Because I'm 38 and I know a lot of people my age and older where people could care less about where they are, what they're doing, who they're with. You know, so if you got one person, two people who care enough, listen, I. I'm 38. Let me leave my aunt's house from the Bronx. Driving, I can get from my house. I can get from her house to my house in about 10, 15 minutes. She's in the Bronx wearing Queens. We're both right across the White Stone Bridge. I can get home if there's no traffic in about 10, 15 minutes. Let me, all right, I'll see you later. Hey, let me text me again. Okay. And I don't, I remember the one time I did it because I actually ended up staying in her area because I ran into someone that I knew. I got <laughs> so many texts and phone calls. How, why I look out my window and still see your car? Wait, I'm like, what? You're, she is on the 17th floor. <laughs> I was an adult with my own vehicle that I paid for. My family didn't buy my car that I paid for, but it didn't matter. And, you know, it was a little annoying. But I have to really, uh, and this is when I was running the streets, but I have to really understand, like, that is a true blessing. You know, because God forbid something happened, she was able to say, well, I still see her car here, so she didn't leave the area, something. That, that what, what are they going to do? Everyone doesn't have a father like, what's his name? Liam Neeson from Taken? Oh, oh, who has a father Liam like Neeson? that? Yeah, who has a father like that? You get abducted. They they already know what to do because this is what they do for a living. So they go into another country to track you down and all that. No, you're you're, you're done. You get abducted, you're done for the most part. You're, you're unless like that video we watched last night, past stuff yeah. <laughs> with the girl who got kidnapped. Unless it's something like that, but no, you really have to let your family and friends know where you're going. 
especially you call yourself traveling. You know, it's not safe to go from borough to borough nowadays, let alone you're traveling outside of the country, outside of the state, and you're by yourself. It, there's way too much going on. Way too much going on. I know you weren't, I know she wasn't expecting that, but this is what's going on out here now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure she's terrified. Because, you know, these Absolutely. people, you know, people who take you hostage are, are very unpredictable. You know, even, listen, if you're even in the hostage-taking business, you're unpredictable. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, you know, how these people are feeling because you don't know if you're going to make it out or not. You don't know how long mm-hmm. this is going to go on. You don't know anything. And all you're sitting there thinking is, boy, had I listened had I just listened, mm-hmm. I wish I had listened. And that, this is just hindsight is twenty twenty. It's too late for all that now. It's just mm-hmm. it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter now. So you know, be smart. Be smart. Appreciate you know what you have. You know, like Shanti said. You know, do you want you know the the detail? <laughs> you know, you want somebody following you? No. You want somebody trailing you and tracking you, know. But in all honesty, it, it, it is a blessing to have somebody, you know, actually caring about you enough that they are monitoring, you know, where you are and asking you, you know, are you okay and what are you doing and things like that. So be smart. Be smart. And I think you need to tell your, your, your young people, tell them about, give them mm-hmm. an article to read is going to be, you know, might be a wake-up call for them. It might just might be a wake-up call for them. So, mm. all right, Shanti, last story we've talked about already. The biracial families who are now being targeted as potential kidnappers or traffickers. What do you think about that? Okay, I'm sorry. I I, I kind of missed that one. So there, you have we have biracial families out here now that are now a part of the human trafficking. No, what's happening is you have a gentleman who has um, two black-looking children because he's you know he's married. Um, to a woman of the, you know, another uh, color. You have a white woman who has a biological daughter. She's married to a white man, so her her daughter is black. You have a gentleman who has two Hispanic sons because he's married to a Hispanic woman. And these three people have been targeted by employees of American Airlines, Spirit, and uh, Southwest Airlines because they believe that the children were possibly uh-huh. being trafficked. <laughs> so when they got off the plane, they were actually stopped and approached and uh, questioned. The children were questioned as to whether these were really their parents or not. Wow. I just hope they're doing that with 
everybody that, you know, again, unfortunately, because of the climate we're in, you know, you, you, it would put someone on alert. I just hope that's being done as often as possible, that you're not showing partiality, you know, like, okay, I look off, but he don't look like he would traffic anyone, so I let him through. But, no, because he look a little big. So what is this big black man doing with this little white girl? Like, you know, do what everybody does. Do, do it with everyone. You know, it, it is unfortunate because if I'm with my, my parents or as a parent I'm with my child and we're traveling, more than likely this is for, you know, pleasure. This is a family trip. And now we've been stopped and now we're held up for any amount of time because of this. It would put a little damper in the family trip, you know. Um, but, again, unfortunately, because of the climate that we're in, just can't be too careful. I just hope that they're doing that anytime something like, you know, they're able to spot a family like that because that's actually one of the ways you can detect if there's some trafficking going on because you don't look or a lot of times, um, like the movie we just watched a couple of months ago in the movie theaters, you know, if you can tell that the kid is a, is really tense around the adult, you know, like you look too tense for this to be your your father or your uncle or your godfather. So now we're gonna stop and ask some questions. You know, I just hope that this is being done in general and not because of not only the the biracial look but also, you know, stature and tension and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. But you, we, we don't know who's a part of, you know, a part of that entity. So, crazy. Well, you kind of jumped into what I was going to ask, because I was going to ask you, Tamika, you know, what do you, if you're an airline, you know, uh, uh, a stewardess, or uh, you know, flight attendant. What do you? What, what what would you look for, Tamika? You know, a sign that could possibly indicate that this child was not safe and was not with a natural parent or family member. Well, what's something that you would try to use to gauge that? Um, look at the body language of the child. You know, how mm-hmm. is the child responding? Does the child seem to be uh, not comfortable, you know, looking away or, or quite frightful? Because in, in an instance like that, it may not necessarily be sexual trafficking. It could be abuse, you know. So you really need to pretty mm-hmm. much more pay attention to mm-hmm. the child because the child will tell you one way or another. There are cues that will say, you know, you know even something as simple as the way that the parent, whether it's a male or female, um, holds this child, you know, are their hands pressing their chest around their neck, you know, as if to say, I'm in charge, you know, as a parent who has a child, you don't have to do that. You know, I can look at you and say, you know, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, my mother could be in the back of the church. I would be in the front with my person. All she had to do was give me a look and I knew to straighten myself out. That's the, there's a difference between that and I'm, I, you know, I'm in control. I'm, 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 I'm the one mm-hmm. that has the rule, you know. And so when you start seeing that, then I would definitely, as an agent, you know, cue someone. You know, the sad part about it is you've traveled all this distance, wherever, you know, whether it's an hour or, or a lengthier period, lengthier period of time, 
you know, to get off the plane, and now you have the issue. That's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I would think. You know, try to check out some of that body language because the child is not going to act comfortable. You know, there's going to be right. some level of tension, you know, if that child is, you know, not with a a, a natural parent or a family member or, or if they're, you know, going through some level of abuse. And that's how some, um, you know, a couple of the servers were able to determine, you know, at the table that the child was in distress. A couple of times we've done stories about, you know, uh, one of the servers, you know, she looked and saw this child, you know, just acting a little weird, you know, and, and some kind, somehow indicated to the child that it was safe to let her know, you know, that you could tell me, you know, if something's not right. So, you know, we, we, we got to become a little more, um, you know, what do you want to say, savvy in, you know, doing stuff like this opposed to outright, um, what do you call it, uh, um, in, uh, insulting, potentially insulting someone because after you've put this person through some trauma, you really cannot um, go back and tell a person we're sorry. Ain't nobody trying to hear that at this point. Oh, you know, we thought we could make sure. Because like right, like the uh, little girl, you know, she was, you know, she was crying. She felt traumatized. She was crying. So you don't know, you know, what what is a safe space for a child even when you're questioning, you know, uh, these children and, and what they are possibly going through and if there's a uh, an abductor or someone who you know, could potentially be abusing them. So, you know, it, it, this is this is a hard world out here now where, mm-hmm. you know, the children are not safe and you you call yourself trying to be safe, you know, and, and be on the lookout. But, you know, are you offending someone at the same time? And can you imagine, mm-hmm. you know, some sheriffs and police, you know, walking up on you and your kids Y'all minding y'all business and you doing everything you're supposed to do as a parent and now somebody's walking up on you like that. So, you know, it's uh it's uh it, it's 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 really it's really difficult. It is really mm-hmm. difficult. So, you know, just we have to trust God. Trust God for, you know, our instincts. You know what I'm saying? So you know, Shatis, we've got a little time for pray for them. So, somebody yes, off the top I of your head that you've heard. Yes, I actually, um, oh my goodness. There was, hold on, see if I could pull. But I was able to, I saw a <laughs> video of a pastor I forgot his name I'm trying to see if I can pull him up really quickly um he was he developed a nonprofit. he said that he was a um an apostle um and he was using the 
money that people were donating to his nonprofit organization um, for Louis Vuitton, um, all of these clothes and, and stuff for him, Apostle David Taylor. Yes, Apostle David Taylor. Big, big, big issue right now. He had to appeal in court because he said that he's an apostle and Jesus has um, has visited him and told him to do such and such. And all of these people started just throwing money at his organization. Then come to find out, I forgot how they say because I actually saw the video when I was in large man. I was like, no, I have to pull this up. But I kept trying to search for, like, official articles, and they were, I could not come across one official article. But needless to say, somehow he got flagged. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how. I don't know if it's because he started looking a little too flashy. I'm not sure. But come to find out, he um, had to appeal in court, and they were able to now pull, oh, well, you, you, you spent, $6,000 at Louis Vuitton, Mr. Taylor. You know, you spent some such amount of money at Gucci, you know, and he's like, oh, well, I don't wear those clothes all the time. I wear those clothes <laughs> when I go to to speak. So pretty much it was like he was trying to say that was a necessity because I'm out here. Um, wait, hold on, I'm sorry. He should not be able to steal from his. <laughs> they say he was stealing from his fellow fellow citizens by promising salvation, while turning his Mercedes into a limo with fifty thousand dollars of the congregants' money. So he was just using these people's money and was just doing everything for himself and was doing nothing for the people. And I really wanted to um, lift him up in prayer and bring him up for the pray for them because. Typically, um, you know, we pray for celebrities who are in the world. Um, we don't too often pray for the celebrities who are in the church world or people who are known in the church world. And this is why we have to be very, very, very careful. This is why it's important to have your own relationship with God. This is why it's important to read the Word of God for yourself in addition to going to church because I don't care if it is your pastor. You know, I had someone say to me um, one day something like, oh, you would ask your pastor that? Yes. And the pastor is my mother. If it doesn't make sense to me, okay, I'm sorry, Pastor Seth, you, you mind breaking that down real quick? Because it's just not clicking. And it doesn't even have anything to do with anything like this, you know, on, on this level. So lifting him up in prayer, you know, if God, <laughs> if Jesus did come to him, whether it was in a dream or he heard a voice or whatever, and told him to do X, Y, and Z, and now you use this as your opportunity to serve yourself. Praying over that, if you're lying and said that Jesus came to you and told you to do this, and you still ended up stealing and serving yourself, praying for that on, you know, that end as well. Also praying for all of the people who have been turned off from God and Jesus in church, because of this, and, you know, one of the biggest things, the first thing I was like, oh, here we go, because now it's the, this is why I don't do church, and this is why I don't, um, 
go to church and well, I don't want to sit underneath any, anybody because this person said or did such and such. You know, also praying for whatever team he has because we know that a lot of these people would not be able to do what they do if they did not have help to do, you know. So I'm not sure if he's um, married, but, you know, it does say here that he was removed from the networks, I guess, whatever. Oh, the world network. I think that's where he was broadcasting, I guess, sermons or whatever. They did remove him from that once all of this became public knowledge. So also praying for them, you know, because a lot of times you don't know the integrity and the backstory of, you know, the people who are on your network until something like this happens. So praying for the network as well that, you know, they're not too harsh, but they do what they have to do. And, you know, praying for everyone else as a whole that everyone would be able to look at this and just be able to identify this as this is what this person did and not make God pay for this. You know, as far as this is why I don't message you guys, this is why I'm not close to you, this is why I don't go to church. But, yes, definitely lifting him up in prayer because this, I, I, I heard more in the video, Pastor Seth, than these articles. I was really a little annoyed that I couldn't find anything to actually read. But you can tell by his body language and his facial expressions in the videos. Like when you have a, a minute, just um, pull it up. But you can tell he was sitting there like, Dad, I'm caught. Like he couldn't even really get, mm. I mean, what really say once they were pulling up. Cause, and and what, all you could tell he didn't he didn't know what they had because the prosecutor, mm. the prosecutor was pulling stuff out one by one. It, it wasn't like she said, okay, here's everything, y'all. No, no, it was like, okay, so you did such, such, such a Louis Vuitton. And the way she spoke was almost like, okay, that's all I had. And then he would give some type of bogus explanation or, an ex, like, wouldn't explain anything at all. And then she said, and by the way, um, Mr. Taylor, you have such and such, such. And his face was just like, oh, that, oh, they found that too. So it's plain mm. that he allows God to humble him, whatever punishment God allows him to have here on earth that he accepts and that he turns his heart back to God because this this was, this is a mess. And this actually, I think this goes back a few years. I don't think this just started. Wow. Wow. You know, we have we, we have a responsibility and an obligation to make sure our integrity is intact for so many, so many reasons. So what's his name again? David Taylor. All righty. Let's go before the Lord from Mr. David Taylor. Heavenly Father God, we give you thanks for allowing us to even be before your mercy's throne today, God. Lord, today we are lifting up David Taylor to you. We don't know his origin. We don't know his backstory. We don't know how he got to this point where he can be accused, where he has in in some shape, form, or fashion admitted that, you know, he mishandled money. But to Heavenly Father, we 
ask you to just deal with his heart, his mind, his mouth, his spirit. Because this is reflecting on you. He is representing the church. He's representing you. And we know you're not a God who is a liar. You're not like man who would disappoint. You're not like man who would say what you need to say to get over. And he comes from, where it says, the father of lies. And, Lord, we're asking for anybody who has heard this story, anyone who's been a victim, who sent him money only to find out that he would use it under false pretenses. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just do your major healing, to touch every mind, touch every heart, touch every spirit, because it's very difficult. It's very difficult for people to hear these things and separate man from you. So we know that this is, this might be representing, quote, unquote, you. But we understand that this is not you. But the masses, dear Heavenly Father, immediately begin to put the two in the same bucket. And we know, dear Heavenly Father, that, you know, this is, this is a lie. And this is not something that even has anything remotely to do with you. And you know that there will be people out here who will, you know, go in your name because your word speaks of it. There'll be wolves in sheep's clothing. We've been warned to be on alert because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And because we're living in la-la land, because we've decided to believe everything, because we have not taking you at your word, it also helps us to become victims. People who are searching the Heavenly Father, who are really looking for an answer, and they've opted to follow man, we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to touch them, to open up their understanding as to who you really are. Your word says, study to show thyself approved. We can't rely on what man says alone. We're supposed to parallel what the word, the, the literal written, written word has and compare it to what comes out of man's mouth. And because we're not about that, because we are just followers, unfortunately, we will fall prey to these things sometimes. So, God, God, we're just asking you to help us. Help your people. Help your people to become awake. Help to them to become aware. Let mm. the alarm go off, the Heavenly Father, so that we will come to know who the real true God is. And we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity, for even the exposure so that it would send some people to you opposed to man. That there's a plan in you allowing this to happen. We can't be more worried about the the effect than you are. 
but we know that you've always got something, always got something uh, uh, in, in, in effect that will correct. Thank you, God. If this is to humble him, we ask that he seek you in a different way, that his level of humility would increase and he would boldly stand before you, repentant, confessing, apologizing, and asking for forgiveness. That he would even do that for your people. That he wouldn't be mm. so worried about how he looks more than making this right. Thank you. You're going to say thank you. We're going to say thank you. Thank you that it wasn't more money. Thank you that it wasn't more people. And thank you that you stopped him now before it got even worse. We ask you, God, to just be with the D-Time crew as they are um, here or in their respective places. We pray that you bless this broadcast, God, that it would always, always sound who you are. All the stories we talk about, we can point people into your direction regardless of where they are, even if they're in these particular situations that we talk about. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shanti, for your uh, pray for them today. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of things that we talked about today. We talked about the integrity of, you know, the individual who's living in someone else's house, and you know has definitely uh, inched their way into just being there permanently or on a long-term basis. And, you know, just like Shanti said, and, and we know that this could be a very different outcome, you know, where you're putting yourself in danger, you know, you and an attorney who doesn't have to live there. And we, we're really lifting, you know, this individual up in prayer so that, you know, there is no next step for them or the landlord that this does not get to be out of hand. We've seen, we've done stories. This is minor because we've seen people set their own house on fire just to keep somebody else from being there. The other family members on fire. So, you know, we know that this could very well turn out to be something that's very different. So, you know, we're going to lift up these, these people here the people who are experiencing this biracial, you know, they have a biracial life, biracial children, and, you know, this is something that they're experiencing. We know that this could very well be some innocent person who is actually trying to flag, you know, children who could be in danger. And then we also know that this could very well be something different. But we're really asking God to be with the heart of these employees, that 
the um, importance of safety is really what these people are seeking, not to wreak some kind of havoc in someone's life, because these are innocent children we're talking about here. You know, we don't want people to just, you know, just be doing things just to be doing it, you know, being spiteful or, you know, just in case. But because there's a valid concern, you know, the integrity of people is really at question here. The young lady who claims that, you know, she didn't tell her family because, you know, she didn't want them to worry. Well, whether it was really that she didn't want them to worry or whether she was being sneaky. You know, again, she's an adult. And we pray that our young people would step into a level of maturity, like Shanti said, and understand that, you know, this this is love. And we understand that love doesn't always look like love to us. You know, we are, we understand that things are not always the way it seems, you know, when, when, when we're younger and we're trying to step out and, you know, be adults and, you know, we want to get our freedom and our freedom of speech and our freedom of existence, you know, it's a hard place to be in life because you're trying to make your own decisions and we, all, we, we don't do it right. Some of us have done it right. We have all made some bad decisions trying to be grown. We've all been there. We've all looked back and said, you know, boy, I wish I had done that one differently. But we give God thanks for the wisdom that we have now. You know, it it says a lot when you're growing and you're maturing and you understand that, you know, our parents did what they did because they loved us, they cared for us, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, because we understand the dangers that are out there. And again, you have this young lady where, you know, she's trying to do one thing, and now she's in a situation where we're praying that, you know, these people come out with their life, that they'll be safe, that God will calm the kidnapper down. He's done it before. He'll do it again. We don't want them to be in any level of danger. And it's only between them and God how this turns out. So we're, we're giving God thanks that it wasn't worse for others, you know, that whoever he did spare, you know, and we're really keeping lifting in prayer this situation that's going on over there in, you know, Israel, and we pray that there's some calming in Ukraine, that there's some calming, that, you know, there will be peace here on earth. You know, that's that's an understatement. You know, we really are in some dire times. So if everybody makes sure that they find themselves and their life hidden in Christ, there'll be a lot less chaos on earth. So let's keep one another lifted. Let's keep this world lifted because this world needs God's people. And we always need to be in the mode of prayer, okay? 
All right. You've been listening to It's Do Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my dude, Tom Proof, for coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God says, where is Freestyle Friday? Until then, God says, I love you.